All right, let's update the situation with the port strike situation. Well, they're back on strike, right? We know that. They rejected a tentative agreement, or at least the internal caucus of the union did. So we thought this was over back on the picket lines as of yesterday afternoon. Now, the Maritime Employers Association uh, has expressed regret over the rejection. They said they believe it included significant wage and benefit hikes. We know the federal government has said they're not happy with the rejection. They're disappointed over the agreement fall. Falling apart. And this has been a huge impact on the province right across the country. Greater Vancouver Board of Trade has estimated that there's been more than $9 billion of trade that has been disrupted since the strike started. Let's talk a little bit more about those disruptions and what this has done. So John Corey joins us now, President of Freight Management Association of Canada. John, thanks for being here. Uh, it's my pleasure, Simi. Thanks for having me. John, can you give us an idea, the stopping, the starting, the stopping again, what has this done to freight in this country? It has completely disrupted the supply chain. Um, Even before the strike happened on January 1st, shippers were looking for alternatives just because there was a threat of a strike. So we had disruption even before, weeks before the actual strike. When the strike actually happened, um, you know, boxes, containers stopped moving in and out of Vancouver that had a ripple effect across the supply chain right across the country. And for every day of a strike, it usually takes about a week to iron out the the disruption. So, you know, when the strike was uh, over tentatively, that was 13 days. It was probably going to be sometime early October before the supply chain got back to normal. Now, if this strike goes on for many more days, we could be looking at November, December, depending on how long. So this could be extremely disruptive. There's going to be shortages on store shelves. Uh, There's going to be layoffs in plants and mills. It's going to be extremely bad for the country and also for British Columbia. How widespread is this? Like we've seen that, you know, port workers in the United States on the West Coast have said they're not going to handle cargo that might have gone through the, you know, the port of Vancouver. So can you give me an idea of that? Well, There are some shippers who have alternatives. Uh, Some of them, uh, there was an article a little while back, Campotex, who transports potash uh, for the industry, were looking to maybe divert traffic away from Vancouver and go down onto CP Kansas City to Texas, further on to Brazil. Uh, If that works out, that traffic's not going back to Vancouver. Uh, We have a member who has quit Vancouver outright. Uh, they, do, they don't go in or out of there anymore because of disruptions. And this was already in the books, obviously, before the strike happened. But this is just sort of uh, shows that they made the right choice and they're going to ship exclusively in and out of Montreal and Halifax. So anyone who can find an alternative will find an alternative. Unfortunately, the West Coast, the U.S., I understand the union solidarity. They're not going to handle that traffic. But um, people who can find alternatives will. And people who can't find alternatives, business is going to suffer, which means layoffs, shutdown of mills. Um, It's it's not going to be pretty. What do you think is going to happen here? Well, I was, you know, I was hopeful when the when the strike was over. But when I heard the news last night, I was shocked, but not surprised. Um, You know, the union didn't really get what they wanted. They wanted 17% over two years or 18%. The the contract or the offer was 17 over four years. Uh, There's still the question about expanding the maintenance work for the union. There's also the automation issue. So 
at this point, uh, you know, the, I think the only option the government has is to legislate them back to work. And if there was ever a reason to automate going forward, this strike is a reason for the employer to start looking because the, obviously the workforce is volatile and, 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 uh, and can't be relied on. And this, is a, this looks bad here at home. It looks worse internationally. Canada looks like, uh, first of all, you know, we've had many disruptions over COVID and now this strike. And for it to go, you know, to end and then to be back on, I mean, it looks doubly bad internationally. People are just going to stop coming to Canada and start, you know, shipping to other places or getting their product from other suppliers. But John, haven't haven't these problems happened everywhere else? So like what these workers are talking about are, are, worker, are things that workers have talked about in other ports too. Right. But uh, I mean, the last strike we had was at the Port of Montreal. It lasted one day. They got legislated back. They went to binding arbitration. They got a four-year deal. Uh, this hasn't happened in British Columbia, I understand, for 25 or 30 years. So there has been relative peace. But the situation here is you've shut down British Columbia ports. 25% of all Canadian exports go through BC. And this is seven or 8,000 people literally holding the country hostage. And I cannot imagine too many other countries allowing that to happen. Uh, you know, during COVID, people finally realized the supply chain was important. It's still important. And this is rippling through the country, affecting everybody. I think the government has to step in and, and, and put people back to work. Okay, so how, you know, if that does happen or if they do go back to work, if whatever, you know, quickly, what would it take to recover from this? As I said, one day, uh, one day of strike equals about one week of recovery. So if we're looking at a 20-day strike, approximately, uh, we could be talking three months, four months. That's well into October, November. And that's holiday season. Oh, right. And if, if there's an uptick in traffic, first of all, you have to get rid of the traffic that's sitting on the ground somewhere in boxes and try to deliver that. And, and part of the problem, think of it this way. You have a garage and you put a box at the back of your garage and then you fill your garage up with everything you own. And then you put more boxes in front of your garage door. And then you remember you need that box way at the back. You have to move everything out, put it somewhere. You may not have a place to put it. You have to find a place to put it and get that box. So do you leave those boxes and, and do the new traffic, you know, only use what's in the front? Right. How do you do that? It's a, it's a logistical nightmare for the railways and for the ports. John, uh, and it takes a lot of time to work through it. Well, John, listen, thanks very much for talking to us this morning. My pleasure.